Today's pod is brought to you by Waterfront Comics, located at 609 Main Street, Sassoon City, California. Open every day from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. So if you're looking for a gift for an avid comic book reader or a collectible for a friend, come to Waterfront Comics. John is the guy to see. And if you can't come in person, no worries. Waterfront Comics does ship to home via their email, waterfrontcomics at gmail.com. Hey everybody, this is James and Marco and Nabil and this is the Movie Pals podcast, podcast number 36. Today we are going to be going over what we've been watching. We are bringing back a topic of the week brought to you by me where we'll be discussing the Netflix Marvel shows and a little bit about the new Disney streaming service, Disney Plus. And then our review for this podcast will be the new Disney film, Ralph Breaks the Internet, the sequel to the 2012 film, Wreck-It Ralph. Without further ado, let's go on to what we've been watching. Hey, what you watching? All right, guys. So it's been a little bit since we've talked. James, what have you been watching? Jumped right into me, sir. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Throwing um, him into the wolves. It's kind of funny. Like I, I didn't actually see a lot of stuff until yesterday. So it's one of those things where I was like, man, I got to watch some stuff. And it's then like speed watching. Yeah, kind of. Not even. But it's like I have a test tomorrow, so I should probably study tonight. <laughs> I was like, time to cram. Don't want to be like Nabil and talk about two shows no one's ever heard about. So that's what I did. I watched two shows. No, it's I'm the interesting shows. <laughs> so I went with uh, Mikey, who has done uh, a guest spot with us before for the meg uh we watched that new film widows oh nice the new steve mcqueen film right. that looks good yeah um do you guys like steve mcqueen I not do. just i mean yeah. the, the director not the actor yeah You're like, yeah bullet's my favorite what are you talking about yeah bullet man that car chase uh yeah so different kind of genre for this one steve mcqueen is one of those guys that i think he's a true like artist at what he does so we, I mean, we have like Hunger, which I don't know if you guys have seen. That stars Michael Fassbender. It no, takes place I in the '80s, where he's no. uh, starving himself. Yeah, I've heard of guy. it. It's it's horrifically beautiful, I guess, in a way. Then 2011's like Shame is the one where like once again Michael Fassbender yeah, is a I've seen that sex one. addict. Very I think intense. that one's really good, albeit like pretty strange as well. Yeah. And then there's some underlying um, uh, messages there between him and his sister that are kind of weird. And then uh, I remember seeing this one in the bill. Twelve Years a Slave, though, yeah. was one of my favorite films of that 2016. So, yeah, so that was only two years ago. Gosh, yeah. But Widows is a, a movie that um, Ocean's Eight wishes it could have been, <laughs> basically. <laughs> <laughs> so it's funny. <laughs> Sorry. Because like, yeah, I mean, we hated that movie. Oh, Did man. we review that? Or was that just a side? We know we brought it up. Though. Yeah, we brought it up. <laughs> It was one of our disappointing movies. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So that definitely was one. Um, Viola Davis is in this one. Uh, she, basically, it's about a group of women whose husbands died during a heist. Uh, that they stole some money from a up-and-coming politician, I guess is what I say. I don't want to spoil it too much here. But it's it's actually played by um, Brian Tyree Henry, who is from like Atlanta. Oh, yeah. Oh, right on. So he's really good in this movie, too. But um, one of the standouts is his brother. Is uh, the other Manning brothers played by uh, Daniel Kaluuya, 
from Get Out fame. Nice. And man, this is probably his best role. He is really. He's a psychopath in this movie. Uh, I could tell from the trailer because you just see him staring and smiling at people. He's creepily. crazy as hell, dude. He steals every scene. Like I was like, dude, this. It, it's funny because he's relatively been a pretty good guy. I mean, kind of mixed up at Black Panther, I guess, but overall a good guy in Likeable. all his movies. Yeah. And this one, he's the bad guy. Like he's one of the main villains or antagonists of the film. And it's funny because he still has kind of that blank stare. I think Dana Kaluuya only has like one facial kind of expression. It's kind of like that. <laughs> no offense to him, but it's like kind of like thousand yard stare. Yeah. Where he looks into your soul and then it's he stares. like sta- Denzel. Just that look. I mean. And never it gets speaks right to you, right into your heart. But it's got that Steve McQueen kind of flair to this movie though. So there's all this fantastic cinematography. The music's really well. Once again, but the focus is on the women. So it's like Viola Davis, uh, Michelle Rodriguez, Elizabeth uh, Debicki as a lady named Alice. She's the, the only thing I've seen her in before was in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. She's the gold chick in the uh, beginning. Oh, yes, yes, yes. She's, she's also in the... She's in something else too. In the Cloverfield sequel yeah she is yeah. for paradox uh colin farrell's in this movie too playing a politician named jack mulligan and um i didn't know he was in this movie actually i didn't either <laughs> okay. uh he's really good uh so is robert duvall he plays his dad he's like I didn't his, know robert duvall yeah he's his dad tom mulligan and basically there's there's an even bigger plot basically about where this money came from and there's kind of a double cross happening so the point of the movie is the ladies are basically pulling off a final heist to pay back the manning brothers because they basically roll up on veronica and they're like hey you need to pay us back in a month or we'll come back and kill you kind of thing Damn. so she has a book left by her husband played by liam neeson so that uh in the book itself it's detailing a heist for her to do or to sell the book off or somehow and they decide to do it and uh it works really well there's a underlying kind of message about kind of not living in the shadows of others which is pretty cool actually because it's not just a heist film that's right. just kind of the front of it but there's a lot more to it than that. It's also about... There's more depth. Yeah, definitely. It's like a Steve McQueen film. So even though 12 Years a Slave is about a guy being a slave, it's a little bit more than just it's that. It's about that, right. human, like his humanity and such, too. So there's a lot of those kind of similar themes in this one, too. So strong performances and... Uh, it's, All-star cast, too. Yeah, this is probably like in my top 10 for the year. Wow. It's really good. It's got a twist, too, that I did not see coming. I thought of you, Demil. I was like, what a twist. What a twist. <laughs> Mikey, I was like, dude, if this shit happens right now, I'm going to lose my shit. And then it, it happened. I was like, my God. Uh, so, yeah, that one I, I recommend you guys check it out if you can. It's really well done. No, it's okay. one I, I definitely want to see. Yeah. yeah. I, I was mean, at, we were actually, it was between that and Robin Hood. Mm, I think oh, you made the better and choice. I'm just kidding. It was that our boy erased. And I didn't want to feel like crying. So I was like, <laughs> let's go watch the widows. He didn't want to be Nabil. That night. Oh, gosh. Oh, man. <laughs> Even though technically Marco cries more. Than yeah, I was, about to say, I mean, was waiting for us to bring say, it up. Like, yeah, you know what? Marco joke now. I get, yeah. I, uh, I, man, I've been getting pretty emotional at the strong ones lately. Yeah. So don't watch this next one then. So then I also watched. <laughs> I was on like a, I mean, I've seen every Terrence Malick film. Either you like Terrence Malick or you don't. I don't know if you guys particularly like Terrence Malick as a director, but I think he, I think this guy's like a genius. I mean, at least he definitely makes you think about everything. Have you, you have you guys seen have you seen Tree Life? I've never actually been able to finish it. Oh man, if you I mean watch that from beginning to end, that will blow your mind. <laughs> it's one of those things where you're like, I don't. I mean, his movies can mean something to different to every single person. It doesn't necessarily mean that this is the way that this movie is supposed to be um, kind of interpreted. Right. I don't think I've seen any of his movies. Really? Yeah. Um, 
I a couple years back I went I've, I well, I mean the first movie I ever saw of his was like Thin Red Line and which uh, I watched the, with the, wanted to see because okay. I saw it we, we, we mentioned this yeah. yeah yeah I was like George Clooney I was like dude George Clooney's in it he's like in the last like yeah. 10 minutes of the movie <laughs> 10 minutes <laughs> last minute of the movie one scene and then I was like oh man I guess I guess I don't remember it as well as I do <laughs> oh man but that movie's it's that a good movie. Great, dude. It's very long. Very good movie. So like Badlands and like Days of Heaven. Days of Heaven is probably one of his best movies he's ever made with uh, Richard Gere, and that one is so good, well done. It's but a lot of his movies do not have like a very strong um, kind of a pathway to a, a plot. I'd say it's one of those things where it's guided with a lot of voiceover, a lot of cinematography on his movies are all really well done shots are beautiful yeah I mean some of the best cinematography I've ever seen like hands down Mm -hmm. Uh, including with the music it just works together so well like I wrote in like a review I did for the movie I'm about to talk about is that like some of these shots are like with a mix of music voiceover and the shots are just some of the most beautiful things I've ever seen and that's like an understatement, really, because I mean, you got to see it to believe it. I went back and I I mean, I finally watched it. I've seen it before the new world uh with Colin Farrell. Yeah, came out in 2005. So okay. I watched the extended cut of this one. So oh god. It, it was already a long movie as it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's like 37 minutes longer. So it clocks in at 2 hours and 53 minutes long. Colin Farrell likes long movies. He likes those, he he's always trying to do an epic if he can. He's yeah. trying, yeah, yeah. cuz Alexander, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's that's what the he's first trying. movie came to mind. So this one I I would say it's a much more approachable film as opposed to like his newer movies like I think, like, truthfully, the Tree of Life, even, like, to the Wonder of the One with Ben Affleck, isn't that approachable? The one where he's uh, getting a divorce, basically. And then Knight of Cups and Song to Song would, don't make any sense to anyone unless you really like Terrence Malick, especially Knight of Cups with Christian Bale. Because that movie, man, it I, you have to piece it together a little bit. But The New World is basically a movie about uh, Pocahontas. Yeah. So it's about her interactions with John Smith, who was played by Colin Farrell. So it goes between, it's about the European exploration of Virginia, but it's also about, there's so much more to it than just that. It's kind of like the relationship with Pocahontas, with the natives, of what they're doing to the land, and then it even goes in further further down the line with John Rolfe, who is played by Christian Bell. So oh, nice. And it's it's loosely, I mean, it's it's more accurately portrayed, obviously. Than yeah, is, isn't, that, yeah. isn't that who Pocahontas really had a relationship with in the real She story? had a relationship with both of them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so... And they create a drama out of it, and Pocahontas. so there's no singing in this one. No, okay, not. that's you know, I'm curious. It's not even that like violent or anything, but it's definitely. I really liked it overall. It has a really beautiful story to it. Now, had you finished it before the extended cut? Have you seen the? Film? Yeah, I saw it back when I was in high school. Oh, so you probably don't. And remember And this was like a young James that was yeah. just getting into movies. And didn't wow, I mean very adventurous? No film studies. So he definitely expected singing. Yeah. In this oh no, one. I thought. Be, I, <laughs> dude, the trailers and posters make it look like it's an action movie almost. Yeah. It's like, damn, John Smith comes down and kills some fucking Native Americans. Jeez. No, not really. It's a little. I mean, it happens, but some shit goes down. And I don't think back then I appreciated like the voiceover aspect of everything because like there's a lot of it there. It doesn't like I said. It doesn't really. It follows some scenes, but there's right. a voiceover. Sometimes it would just cut. It'd be a time jump. And you kind of just got to know what's going on. Oh, so they just kind of cut scene and it's a narration about yeah. what's going on. Or is he right him now? talking about the land and how beautiful it is. And then it's like, and this is the course of seven, eight months, I guess. Oh, yeah. Kind of stuff. It's a unique take on it, though. But it, 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 it flows well enough. 
And I think if you can appreciate how the film is made, it's something to definitely check out. I feel like I need to watch one of this guy's movies. I, I need to watch The Thin Red Line. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a good, uh, movie that's a good I, one. I, Either that one or I'd say Days of Heaven. Yeah, Days of I Heaven keep saying really I will. Don't start with Trailer. And then I don't. Don't don't you? Or even ba- so. Badlands is probably his most traditional film. Thought you were gonna say I Batman. Mean, I'm like, yeah, Christian Bale. I've yeah. seen that one a few times. Well, he likes Christian Bale a lot, so Christian Bale's in like four of his movies, I think. So check it out. But yeah, overall though, it's not for everyone. It wouldn't be the first one I'd recommend if you're gonna watch Terrence Malick. Although, man, I do outside of Thin Red Line, I always do really like Tree of Life. By the way, I know you do. It's a beautiful movie. That was trippy. So. You mentioned it before, so I'm curious about that one too. Yeah. Outside of that, though, <laughs> that's what I saw. Well, it sounds like you uh, had a very interesting Sunday. <laughs> I mean, I saw Widows on Saturday. <laughs> smart ass. <laughs> and technically, there's two other films I saw, but I saw them with you guys. I mean, it, so it, it, if you kinda, guys bring them up. It was really cold this weekend. It kind of I'm getting rained a, cold, a little bit. I'm sort of catching a cold. I, I apologize if I sound kind of nasally today. But. I think I sent it to you through the walls. I was a little under the weather last week. so I know. Yeah. Well, what about you, Marco? What did you end up watching uh, over the last couple of weeks? Uh, I've been watching a few Netflix originals. I know I mentioned some last time. I've been on a Netflix kick. I really need to start taking advantage of my other streaming services. I'm paying that money, so I might as well. You know, don't let it burn. Uh, <laughs> I gotta ask. I gotta ask though. I know you upgraded to 4K. Have you upgraded your Netflix to 4K? Uh, no. Okay. I was about to lie and say yes, but like, you're looking first, at me in the eyes. So. I was like, that's the first thing you should do, homie. Yeah, yeah, I know. See, I'd have to do it. I'd have to watch it on the the TV, not my Xbox, which currently doesn't have 4K. It's gonna, that we're gonna change that. But anyway, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's like driving a Ferrari, and you're like, I just drive the. Yeah, I can use I can use headphones. I, I've been so used to listening to stuff on headphones, I can't I can't drop it. So. I'm, yeah. I'm gonna need you to figure out what's <laughs> on your goddamn TV. Then might, sir. I might have to get uh, Apple TV, I guess, or something. I don't know, so I can use AirPods. Yeah, yeah. no, I'd, but I'd recommend it. <laughs> but going back to my Netflix binge, I mentioned last week and tried to somewhat describe Dare, Daredevil season three. I finished that epic, epic season. Really? Epic. Yeah, dude, it was great. It. I was telling James, it's probably the best out of all. The Marvel TV seasons currently out. So you'd say on Netflix, this yeah. is this is like the best season of Daredevil. Like everything yes. pays off on this one. Yes, if I'm ranking them, I'm I'm ranking Daredevil season three as one, Punisher season one as number two, and then Daredevil season one as number three. And I know those numbers are confusing, but <laughs> I followed along. I got you. Yeah, All right, yeah, cool. Right I'm just making sure. I'm a numbers guy. Sorry, no, I'm not really, but. <laughs> Uh, it, it just it's a perfect bookend to I think both Daredevil and even the Netflix series. Well, I mean, we have yet to find out with the new season of Punisher whenever that comes out. But the way the 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 whole story arc with the main characters of Matt Mar- Mur- Ugh, Matt Murdock slash Daredevil, Karen Page and uh, Foggy Nelson. I think is great because you see them progress as characters, as I mentioned in the last episode, and it calls back to the previous two seasons where they lose out of touch. Certain things happen between the first season and this, and then all the events that happen in the defenders, which I'm trying not to spoil, but it, it, everything really comes to a close in this. And I think they address all those issues and confront them in such a smart way. 
and you see how these characters have grown throughout the last few seasons of these shows. Wilson Fisk comes back as the main bad guy, as I mentioned last time, and man, he's just holds a huge presence throughout the show, and he's like the definitive vil- that's villain. That's good because I mean, he was la- that's what was lacking in season two. You're you're really gonna like Wilson. I mean, he's he's a character that you love to hate. He was what I liked a lot about the first season was was Fisk, and like he was just a really good bad guy. They take that Wilson Fisk and they bring him up to eleven in this oh. and even the way they handle dex point aka bullseye is also great they they do a slight twist on him and his character and his backstory they they change it up a little bit from his origin in the comics but they do it in such a good way that it makes sense and it makes the character relatable to a point I and mean, are they you got, telling me colin farrell's is gonna say the same thing? <laughs> portrayal was not relatable sir <laughs> Because he literally said bullseye and yeah. circled his forehead, <laughs> and I got chills <laughs> and at he the said, age of 14. I never miss. Yeah. He yeah. took a paper clip and <laughs> threw it into a man's throat at a bar. <laughs> Just to let you know, <laughs> sir. That's, I can't right now. That's that's probably one of the worst movies I've ever seen, but it's so fun to make fun of. It's. I mean, that's one of those movies that's so bad it's good. Almost. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. No. He blind fights Electra in a playground. I mean, god damn it, we might do a review on this movie coming up. <laughs> we definitely should just do a compare and contrast if Nabil ever goes uh, past season one. But uh, yeah, I, definitely day and night. These these two bullseyes are day, are day and night, and I I I was a little skeptical when I heard bullseye. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just thinking he drove a motorcycle. <laughs> Jumped it and then fought him on an organ. Okay, sir. I mean, yeah. Oh man, oh, that's horrible. Yeah, two thousand one or two. Heavy he's, right he's now. like yeah. he's like surfing his. his yeah, he's uh, surfing it. Remember that? Yeah. If you guys oh, haven't man. seen it, some of you guys are a little bit younger on the, the listening. But yeah. This wasn't always the first Daredevil we've seen. <laughs> if uh, if if uh, this Daredevil's a little too dark, then <laughs> yeah, you can always turn way. to the classic. And, uh, you know, have a few laughs. But I I like the character treatment of everyone in this. And although it's not perfect, because obviously they left room for a continuation that they're not going to get, which we'll get to later on in our topic. But in a, in a nutshell, if you're a fan of the Marvel TV shows or what's left of them, and especially Daredevil. Which then, we'll be talking about today. By the yeah, way. then this, this is definitely for you. You need to watch it. I, I had two of my friends that kept telling me, you need to watch it, you need to watch it. And although, it, like I said, it doesn't have kind of a slow start in the first episode, you'll see why. I, I, just, I just think that all the themes that it carries as far as uh, finding your true purpose and um, failures and just getting passed through some of your toughest obstacles is just so well done in in this season. So nice. give it a shot. It's on Netflix. Watch it while you still can. Aside from that, I started Narcos Mexico, which is the brand new, I guess, anthology or spinoff from the Netflix original Narcos. That nobody knew was going to come and then all of a sudden just showed it's up. Such a surprise, right? Yeah. Just out of nowhere. I, I remember them scout. Remember someone was scouting for it and got killed? Yeah. Like a year ago? I remember that they were scouting. Yeah. For and then I never heard anything after that. And there were rumors that they were going to bring it back. But all of a sudden they drop a trailer and it's like, boom, it's happening. Yeah. But this one, 
we're going instead of Colombia, we're going to Mexico in this. It's uh, in the early 1980s. So it's backtracking a bit because the previous seasons caught up to their early to mid 90s. And it stars Diego Luna as Miguel Angel Felix Gallardo and Diego, I'm sorry, Michael Pena as Kiki Camarena. So Diego Luna's character, they call him Felix. He is a lieutenant or a, I guess, mid-boss in a Mexican drug organization. They're not a cartel yet, but he has an idea, and this is all in the trailer, to unite certain factions of uh, drug organizations and convert them to a cartel. And so he gains notoriety and, and fame through this. And Michael Payne's character, Kiki, is the DEA agent who's tasked to hunt him down. So far, I'm six episodes in, six or seven episodes in, and I'm loving it a lot. It's How it's many a, uh, episodes are in a season? There's 12 Oh, okay. 12 to so 13 halfway episodes. Through. Yeah, so I'm okay. about halfway through. And um, it's definitely a great continuation of the series. Uh, you get a lot of, well, not a lot of, but you get some characters that connect it to the previous seasons, which I think is great because I was wondering if it's going to be just completely standalone, but it does take place in in the same, I guess, history because these are all based off of real characters. Like the first two seasons are based off Pablo Escobar, the third season's on the Cali cartel, and this one now is focusing on the Sin- like at least the start of the Sinaloa cartel, which, for those of you who aren't aware, is the cartel that uh, El Chapo Guzman eventually takes over. Right. They, uh, again, connect it to the previous seasons, which I thought was great. And the way they do it is so good, because, because of the fact that the Mexican cartel is drawing a lot of attention, then other organizations within the crime world start to gain interest and what i like about diego luna's character felix is that unlike previous uh, mob bosses or i'm sorry um crime bosses he's not he's he's got a lust for power but he's not as like psychopathic or sociopathic as these other guys like he'll use lethal force but only at if absolutely necessary whereas everybody else they would just do it for just the the smallest amount of reasons, and I, I like that about him and how different it is. He's really is more of a quote unquote businessman, and don't get me wrong, he's still a fucking criminal. But yeah, right. the way he goes about it is more like a game of chess, where he's looking at the long game, and I, I appreciate that about this character versus the previous ones in the other seasons. But if you're a fan of the other narco seasons, then I definitely recommend this one. It's worth looking into, and I'm enjoying it. But that's basically all I've been watching right now. Um, I, I guess I, I really need to pay attention to my other streaming services. So uh, maybe I'll give you guys more variety next time. Amazon and HBO are like, don't forget about it. Yeah, they're, <laughs> well, um, they're, the, the billing cycle is definitely reminding me at the end of every month <laughs> you should start watching these. So, now, Bill, what about you? What have you been watching? Well, speaking of uh, other streaming services, I actually did watch a, an Amazon Prime show, which... By the way, Amazon Prime does actually have some decent shows. Yeah, um, they have. Yeah, you know, isn't they, um, Amazon has like the Jack Ryan show? They do. They have yeah. the Jack Ryan, which show, once which again, another show I need to watch. Great show, great show. Um, if you didn't see the advertisements for it everywhere, Jesus Christ! Man crazy. in the High Castle is another. Man in the High Castle. Yeah. Eleven twenty three sixty eight was Hulu. Mark, Never mind. No, that's Hulu. <laughs> <laughs> as but soon as they said it, I was service. like, nope. I mean, there's uh, other things in Netflix. Marvelous Miss Maisie. 
And uh, uh, you know, I think they also are streaming the movie version of Daredevil. <laughs> I think they are. <laughs> I think it is actually, and it's a Prime uh, watch too. So you know, it's free. It's free. Check it you out. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I watched a, a new show called The Romanoffs um, that's on Amazon, and this is kind of also an, an anthology. Each episode is kind of its own thing, and it talks about. Is it about Black Widow? Uh, she's she, Natasha Romanoff might be a part of the Romanoff family. We really don't know. Oh, okay, I've actually never heard of the show. It's it's very it's it's funny. But you also brought it up to serious, me, yeah. And I didn't know if I was supposed to know who the Romanoffs were technically, because oh. I don't. I just saw the ab- <clears throat> after you told me about them, then I started seeing the advertising for it. Yeah. So, so. the Romanoffs are uh, the essentially the last royal family of Russia before they were um, ousted by the people of Russia. Um, and the famously, the whole family got like murdered by Anastasia. Them. Yeah, like Anastasia. Oh, that's okay. the whole story about okay. Anastasia. That's of the Romanovs. Um, and the story about Anastasia is that she escaped somehow and is kind of out in the world. And she had a bunch of descendants now. And there are people that claim that they were descendants of the of the Romanov royal family. Okay. Um, and so you. that's what this kind of plays on is that the, it's it's an anthology um, that's kind of set around the world, uh, featuring. Eight different stories about people who believe themselves to be descendants of the Russian royal family. Oh, okay. And That's so each one is a vignette about a certain person who's supposedly of descent. How much does uh? How long do each episodes run? They vary. Um, you they're about movie length. On average, they're about an hour and a half, hour and twenty minutes. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. So, but these are fictional stories, though, right? They're all fictional. Um, some of it is like there's an episode of where they're on a cruise ship, and um, it's a cruise ship about. Uh, celebrating the Romanovs and only Romanovs descendants can attend yeah. it, and they show they do like some. Well, I'm only saying because as, yeah. as I lift my my glasses from the center, is that they discovered evidence that they, the family really did die. So oh yeah, there are yeah. like there, no, there yeah. really isn't. Any <clears throat> yeah, but well, I mean, some people still believe they do. It's like it's like an Elvis sighting. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I was so alive, man. I'm like, is that bat from the movie in there? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, what is the best thing? I can't even remember the You remember what I'm talking about. I do know which one you're talking about. Sorry, guys. We're kind of, I mean, this dates us a bit, but when we were kids, there was a movie released starring Meg Ryan, by the mm-hmm. way, and I want to say John Cusack's in it. I brought it up when they I were relevant. Not too long ago. Um, I think no one, one paid attention to your it. section was, to build. They was, skip <laughs> your section every time. Not at all. I'm just kidding. kidding. We've <laughs> discussed this many times. It's a good movie. No, but we didn't watch the... Uh, I mean, you watched something similar to it, though. What? Man, do you like the Romanovs a lot, then? I do. It's very fascinating. I just thought about it. I said, wait a minute. This is your second related Romanov title. Russian royal families are very is very interesting. And how no, no. I mean, no, yeah, I, I've, seen, I've is... seen an American tale. I know. <laughs> <laughs> this is where five will, right? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. We, are, we are loose today. <laughs> Tell us if you like this, guys. <laughs> if not, we'll go back to more structure next time. <laughs> sorry, Nabil. But I mean, truthfully, though, it is an interesting story. Yeah. And I th- this is this is just kind of it, it's a hodgepodge of characters. I mean, some of them be, you'd appreciate uh, James. They've got Aaron Urquhart. They got John Slattery. Uh, oh wow, Christina Hendricks uh, from okay. Mad Men. You know, so are they playing like Russian people or no? They're all Americans. So the ones That's... I've seen. There was one episode. Uh, Aaron Urquhart is of uh, American descent, but you know, of his family, he's like. The nephew of uh, someone who is a direct descendant, supposedly, and they mm. were living in France. Okay. Another one, they were in like Bosnia. Somebody was in New York. Like, oh, okay. So they're, they're all over the place. But it's just kind of an interesting story as a whole because the I, I don't I haven't seen all of them. I've only seen the first four episodes. Um, but how many total are there? There's eight. Oh, so you're halfway too. Right. 
But there's not like necessarily any real connection outside of the fact that they're descendants of the Romanovs. But they don't like see each other. There's their lives don't intertwine. It's it's its own thing. But it's kind of an interesting little perspective because some some episodes talk about you know oh well, I'm just a member of the Romanov family, um, and others have just nothing to do with it. You're just kind of getting a picture of this this person's life and what they're doing. Okay. Um, but it, it's interesting enough that each episode has been entertaining. I mean, they're yeah. fairly long. That's why. Yeah, Aaron they're pretty Apples? long. Yeah. Um, but the pretty self-constrained, uh, constrained story, um, just kind of goes from start to finish and you, you want to know what happens even you, you don't even, at least for me, cause I binge watched like three of the episodes at first. Okay. Um, and when you watch it, you just don't realize that, um, it's, it's that long. Like you just want to see where it goes until it finishes. And then you're like, oh, I'm going to move on to the next one, see what's next. And then the the only other thing I was going to bring up was uh, Creed 2 that yes. a lot of us saw together. Yes, we did. Awesome. Um, that's starring Michael B. Jordan as Adonis Creed, Sylvester Stallone as Rocky Balboa. And this is a sequel to, obviously, Creed, um, which is also a sequel to the Rocky films. Um, it's essentially the latest it's in the series. series. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Um, but essentially... Uh, Creed is now under the tutelage of Rocky Balboa, uh, and he's got a heavyweight contender. Adonis Creed has to face off against Victor Drago, son of Ivan Drago. From Rocky IV. From Rocky IV. Um, so it's supposed to be a redemption and revenge story for Adonis, um, and being able to avenge his father's death, because, uh, spoiler alert, that uh, Ivan Drago kills uh, Apollo, Apollo Creed, Apollo Creed yeah. in Rocky IV. Um, and that was kind of like uh creed's motivation in the first film is to be a boxer like his father and kind of live up to him and that's uh rocky's trying to teach him otherwise in the first film and the second film uh adonis essentially becomes a heavyweight champion and then rocky's trying to eagle check him but it doesn't really work out well for him at first so yeah no in, in a way it's also, great yeah, yeah in a way it's also kind of a, a revenge tale for the dragos right. as well you see the perspective of both families and the consequences of that of the fight that Rocky does against Drago at the end of Rocky Four. I think it so also has a really good message about the relationships between fathers and sons. Yeah, uh, we get like Victor with Ivan, and then we get uh, Rocky with his own son. Yeah. yeah, and then Adonis is a new father in this one as well. But also not just that; it's also his his lack of a relationship with Apollo. So yeah. I think they do. A, I think like this is how you do a sequel. This is really well done. I think it's a very, very good sequel as a whole, like building on the character himself. Like, yes, Creed really is trying to be better and wants to be the best at his craft and wants to avenge his father. But at the same time, wants to be a good, a good father to his own son. Yeah. And, then, and yeah. it's cool because Rocky himself is bringing up examples of like, don't follow the same path he went. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say too, to an extent yeah. to what James was saying about uh, fathers and son is like not living under the shadow of, of past decisions or past mistakes and, and moving forward with them and, and what you do uh, with with the, with the consequences of those decisions. Yeah. And I like that. Which is also, I mean, this is the last time, apparently this is the last Rocky Balboa film with Sylvester Stallone in it at least. Yeah. And truthfully, I don't think they need to make another Creed movie. It ends really well. It does end pretty solidly. Because yeah. how many times can he, I mean, the plot we were talking about before is these films are all kind of, very similar like the same thing kind of happens oh something happens he loses he has a training montage he comes back and wins right mm-hmm. yeah so with this one i mean to make sure that it, i mean only thing i can see happening is maybe like a time jump for creed 3 where he's training someone himself maybe or 
something horrific happens or I don't something I don't know. I, I agree. Like I think they could definitely end the series with this one, or it if they want to do at least a trilogy for the the Creed aspect of it, like James was saying, doing a time jump and having you know something really big happen in his life that kind of changes the game. So I, don't I know. will I will say the one maybe thing- maybe it's, I don't know. Well, I mean, I think the one thing that I thought was a little weak but could have been better was uh, Victor and uh, Ivan Drago and their relationship. Like, I like that story about Ivan does I wish I would have known more. Son, but I just more, wish right. they did more exactly with Victor and kind of fleshed out his character a little bit more because you could tell that he was angst around his his parents, specifically his mom, and there was just a lot of issues. Uh, That's a lot awkward, though, right? Yeah. And it's something they've never done with a Rocky villain mm-hmm. before. Where Showed him get, off a little more. Yeah, well, you, you get to explore a little bit more of uh, their perspective. All right. You kind of understand why. You almost feel bad for him. That's why. You do, yeah. yeah. And that and it was very interesting just how how they um, treated him. And like I said, it could, it could even potentially be like on the same level with Creed and like be friends maybe. And that would be a different way to bring up a story, but... You thought they were gonna like lock hands, yeah. and like stare each other in the eyes, and be like friend. Yeah. I got, I gotta say, I like the fight sequences in this one a little better. It they they. I just, thought it was better than the first one. Yeah, I yeah. That's what James was telling me, he he agrees that it was better. I I don't think it was better than the first one. I I like the definitely did better with more, the makeup. But yeah, the makeup was better right now. Yeah, there's some uh, yeah very interesting uh, cuts and bruises there. Yes. And yes. then you felt the pain because there were some like body shots that were happening, and you're like, "Oh my god, oh, I feel the pain that he's going through right now." I yeah. think story wise and, and structure wise, the first one's a little bit more uh, better, better established. Yeah, I but because it, 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 it runs a, smoother. It's damn near retelling of four. So. Yeah, and then this one is you know it gets a little slower in the middle. Um, it's it's it doesn't run as smoothly, but it's still a solid sequel. And man, those fight scenes. It's yeah, fucking great. When that Rocky theme song kicks on, it's like, oh, <laughs> Every shit, time. it's about to go down. Yeah, but um, that's all I've been watching. Um, awesome. It's been good. Awesome. So, I mean, we've watched quite a few this time, mm-hmm. so we've got a plethora of things going on. That's awesome. Uh, let's move on now, guys, to our topic of the week. It's the topic of the week. All right, guys, so for the topic of this week... I want to know your guys' opinions on all these Netflix Marvel shows being canceled, kind of one by one. So, just to let everybody know what's going on, Daredevil, Luke Cage, Iron Fist have all been canceled. Jessica Jones, um, The Punisher, and I guess The Defenders, technically. Maybe they're next. No one really knows. I mean, uh, it looks like it's pointing that way. I wouldn't doubt it if well. they're next. That definitely, if they cancel Daredevil, then they're definitely canceling Punisher oh, yeah. and Jessica Jones. Okay, so does that? I just want to know: Does this affect you guys at all? I know, especially for you, Marco, you love Daredevil season three, but if Jessica Jones, Punisher, and Defender go too, is this going to be like a like a devastating blow to you? Or at, at this point, I didn't really care about the cancellations. I kind of foresaw them, but I didn't really care up until Daredevil. Was I thought announced. it was going to happen earlier. To tell you the truth, yeah. I'm shocked that we got a third season Daredevil. Yeah, well, because they were teeter tottering whether or not they were going to get canceled and moved over to. Uh, you know a, another streaming service or that they were going to continue on the netflix they, it wasn't necessarily a clear yay or nay but it wasn't because daredevil was the flagship show that started it all that's when it really hit home and i was like wow as and the way that like i said season three ended and how good it was that's that's what really kind of hit it home for me gotcha what about you Nabil? i mean honestly i've 
I've not really watched a lot of these shows, uh, at least the updated seasons. I've seen all the shows uh, first season, and I've seen the second season of Daredevil, and then okay. I kind of partially watched their uh, the Defenders. But I've I'm not, I've been detached to it. It's nothing that's really kept my interest, and that's part of the reason why I haven't kept up with it. Like I was telling Marco earlier, I'm interested in seeing Daredevil season three because that was by far the strongest seasons as a, the shows as a whole. I mean, the only thing that really kept me interested. But the rest of them, though, I enjoyed for the most part. Um, it wasn't enough for me to like. Sleep over this, yeah, something. like it's it's only expected. I do wish though that they didn't drop the characters, especially like uh, like uh, Daredevil himself. Like the character, I wish that they would do something more with it. Maybe integrate it with the MCU or put it into some somewhere else because. Um, That'd be really cool. They did a really good job with with at, at least Daredevil and some of the other characters to to really. It'd be a shame just to see them go completely. Maybe Billy, you might cry once you finish season three. So you think so? Just just did kidding. you cry, Marco? <laughs> I guess uh, that's, that's, that's the barometer right there. Well, I mean, it's still a little bit. I got a little, <laughs> okay. a little sentimental. Just a bit. Okay. Um, for me, I mean, I'm fifty fifty on it. I don't truly care too much. Um, it's a it's a. I always have felt like these shows have been pretty subpar to begin with. Yeah. Outside of the Daredevil ones, I think Daredevil and Punisher are the only ones I even liked. All right. Same. So outside of those two, but even if they cancel those, I'm there's. I mean, I got too many shows to watch right now. I guess. I, you know, I will say what you touched on earlier too. We talked about how they kind of just dumped them all this season. All this one, last this year. year, especially. Yeah. That I think contributed a lot. To Every two months, we were right. getting a new show, and it was like, okay, I haven't even caught up on the last one, and I think that. A lot of people from the previous ones, if you haven't seen them, and maybe they're the type like me where they won't watch a new season until they've finished that previous one. Right. And they, like Marco had told me earlier when discussing this topic, that the viewership for season three of Daredevil dropped like 57% or something from the season two, which uh, had dropped two from season one. Yeah. And, and I, I get it. Like people have been burned because of the high expectation of these shows. And the defenders and its subpar performance didn't help either. Because I mean, it was good, but it wasn't great. No, it the was, build up to it made it sound like it was gonna be yeah. hella epic. We were and, thinking like an Avengers esque right. kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. And we got Avengers D Squad hard, dude. <laughs> season three of Daredevil was, like I said, is way better. I mean, just the writing and the depth that they put into it, you know, is is what makes it a high caliber show. And that's why I felt so strongly that they were that they were at least going to keep that and Punisher too. Season one of Punisher was great, and all the themes that it carried throughout the show, the characters uh, were very well written. And it's it's funny though. That's the season. I mean, I've talked to a lot of people, and, and I mean, a lot of people have not seen the Punisher though. Yeah, I mean, it's just. I mean, I don't think you've even seen it, have you? It, no. Wow. Yeah, and then, I mean, the, and these seasons are only like thirteen episodes long too, which is weird. But again, I think getting yeah. constantly burned by like a subpar subpar Iron Fist, Jessica Jones not getting mixed reviews, Luke Cage to the same thing, and then the Defenders. I mean, that's four shows in a row where people have been burned, and it gets to the point where we're like, well, maybe I'm I'm gonna save it for later because you know the last four shows weren't that good. So. It's Iron Fist that really killed me too. By the way, like I I was into Daredevil, I was into Jessica Jones, even Luke Cage. It was like the first half was great, second half kind of lost second me a little sucked, bit. Yeah. But when I started watching Iron Fist, I was like, "What? I, I don't. Do I have to finish this? Do yeah. I really need to get through this to get through Defenders?" 
I mean, really, that's really like, slowed me down. Really, they what they could do. I mean, they haven't announced defenders being canceled. They could just do defenders and divvy up the whole season with all these characters as and a recap like, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah like all like at the end. All these shows are what 12, 13 episodes. Yeah. Have three episodes for each character, and then do one big one with all four of them at the end. Yeah, that might help. It will save um, them money. They could probably do better writing that way too. For for instance, one of the things I was going to ask you guys is that. Outside, I mean, I wrote this before they announced it. I guess I was asking, like, hey, are they going to be on the Disney Plus streaming service? But now they've announced that they're not going to be on the Disney Plus <laughs> streaming service. But Marvel has announced that somehow these characters will still live on somehow. So for me personally, what I hope it's... Mean? I mean, let me <laughs> decipher this shit. Does that mean, like, a book? No, um, comic or something. I like think... I mean, I hope at least some of these characters get a little mention or... A little cameo in one of the movies finally because the whole reason why they weren't in the movies to begin with is because the shooting schedule for movies and tv shows are incredibly different so the time the uh, kind of like the time uh the time that these are being shot at are not the up-to-date i guess to where like per se avengers 4 is at now right right because i mean we didn't were they disappearing too at the so end of, I, I always War? thought it was because the, the like the level of Violence that are in these shows, or apparently, a, a it had nothing to do with that. It had everything to do with scheduling. Interesting, because they were already on season three, and things were happening, and they were referencing different stuff, and that's why they always reference older things in those right. shows. Yeah, they're well, always talking about like the attack on New York and stuff, and it's like, okay, that happened a while ago. Yeah, well, so, see, season two, Daredevil slightly pseudo mentions the uh, superhero registration. Yes, kind of. Very point. I mean, the only show that's ever connected to the movies well enough is Agents of Shield. Yeah. That's the only show that's ever like kept up with what's going on current. So everything that happens during that, the movies uh, subsequently happens during that show too. And that but, probably has to do with the fact that it's you know on a Disney Channel like ABC, so it, they can. And it, it, even when that show came out, it was touted as being like a a bigger connection to the movies, even though technically it's not too much. I mean, Agent Coulson's in it, so. That's a big you know. connection right there. But, but hearing the whole schedule kinda. conflict reason, that kind of gives me hope of these characters making it to the big, big cool. screen. I don't the mean they need to have their own movie, but I mean, it'd be cool to see them pop up during an Avengers yeah. film. Yeah. I mean, maybe they're in Avengers 4. We don't know. Maybe we'll find out Wednesday, right? Yeah. Even, man, the coming out. even if it's just a character bumping into someone in a cafe, you know, like bumping into Matt Murdock or that'd be cool, the, or uh, the Punisher, you know, that'd be pretty fucking. We just cool. want one connection, guys. Yeah, one connection. I mean, a Spidey and Daredevil film would be great too. Oh, that'd be awesome, actually. Yeah, that would be cool. Um, I know you guys don't really watch them. I guess I'm the only one that watches the other shows. But for instance, there are some other MCU TV shows out. That's right. For instance, The Runaways, which is on Hulu, Cloak and Dagger, which is on Freeform. And then uh, the aforementioned Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D., which is on ABC, which is going to have its final season. So, actually, I don't think that one's going to get canceled. Rip. But do you guys see, like, um, Disney canceling anything else like this out? Or was this just kind of... I feel like this was just the Netflix thing. You know, I think that Disney's going to do what Disney usually does, which is if they're ready to move on and, and they've got an idea for something, they're going to cancel what they need to cancel just to do Oh, yeah. It. They did it with, like Star with Star Wars. Wars yeah. You know? Um, they've they've once they finally finalize the deal with X Men, they're gonna just reboot everything and say we're gonna make you guys fit in our universe. You're like I don't mind, which, which what, doesn't make me yeah excited for Dark Phoenix. They they have no problem cutting cutting uh, ties to the old stuff and saying we're just gonna make it a Disney thing. Don't worry yeah. about it, you know. But go go back to what you said or what you asked James about the other shows. I because they're newer, I don't think they would, and because they don't 
really they're not connect. super violent too. Yeah, like and they don't too. really connect to the MCU as much as the Netflix ones tried to at the beginning. Kind they, of. They could yeah. easily they could easily just transfer them over and continue them and then switch and switch them up in other seasons. Yeah, and if anything, like uh, the Runaways and Cloak and Dagger have just made mentions of stuff too. And I mean, they're a lot more subtle too. They're not as directly on the nose. I think if they don't cancel it, what they'll do is they'll, try, they'll move it away from Hulu and put it into the Disney Plus service and see if it can get an audience there. And if it doesn't, they'll just cut its losses. Runaways are really good. You guys should check that one out. I hear, I hear pretty good things. I think about you guys like that one. I mean, yeah. I mean, I talked about I just, last year too. It's like you said, man. There's just so many fucking shows. Well, speaking of shows, then I mean, there are three confirmed shows for Disney Plus for Marvel wise. I know they're Star Wars ones, but we'll talk about that some other time. Uh, for instance, they have that Falcon Winter Soldier uh, TV show coming so, out. I guess Winter Soldier Scarlet Witch. I mean, all of them. Scarlet Witch. And then there's a Loki prequel kind of story coming out. Mm-hmm. Are you guys excited for any of these? I guess Loki's not dead. I don't understand. What's he is. By the it, way, might, it might be a prequel. Confirmed uh, dead. Yeah, I mean, he is confirmed dead. I'll tell you right now. I'm not excited. Yeah, I mean, I just, I'll watch them. I was if like, the, can if we, the main characters are in them, the actual actors. All I'm saying is, like, can we have gotten, like... You no, know, it's gonna be the actors too. Yeah, I mean, that's couldn't we have gotten some like new characters though? That would have been good. And again, to be able to integrate them into the movie universe, put Daredevil yes. in that one, and then mm-hmm. Adam. All right, because then scheduling wise, you should be a pro at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, none of these really. I mean, I'll probably watch them still. I'm intrigued with Falcon Winter Soldier if it's gonna be not more of a all. comedy. No, because I think that I might be not. really funny. But yeah, I mean, otherwise, I've no one's idea. a wisecracking no, Falcon, the other one's a Cold War veteran. <laughs> I I don't know. I just don't see what else they could do. I guess they could do the in-between stuff between the movies. I don't do know. Do we need that, though? This yeah, we are oversaturation of Marvel it. stuff no, then. Yep. I'm like, don't Star Wars it's, it out on us now, It's got to be a carryover to the movies. It's got They really got to make it like, here's an in-between about what's going on until the next movie. And it'd be cool if they at least, for once, out of any of the goddamn Marvel shows, actually reference the TV show into the movie all right like all i've ever wanted is some kind of a reference or truthfully with shields ending uh agents of shield like why don't they show them as shield members in the helicarrier and stuff like that coming up i've always been looking out i'm like maybe maybe this will be the time but some of the other people i mean they can't do colson anymore so he's they they fixed that problem trust me (laughs) but the other team real quick plenty of other people well i mean it took six seasons to figure that problem out it's kind of sad too Really well done, though. But they need to do it where, like, hey, it'd be cool that that's the actual S.H.I.E.L.D. team that interacts with the Marvel people now. It would be a cool payoff for watching seven seasons of a show. At least you would be like, hey, at least they're like, they show up every few often or in the Captain America movies or whatever. Apparently, uh, Chris Evans ain't done playing Captain America either. Uh, From Apparently, yeah. Need that paycheck, man. Good. I'm. I mean, Which means, someone else I, I, dude, I'm really getting sick of these so-called yeah. announcements that end up being bullshit. They're doing it on purpose. I, just, I can't stand it. Dude, it's, off, a, it's, just a, it's a hype. Disney thing, yeah. though. It's They're just a Disney hype. That's, dude, that's why I'm not excited about these shows because, look, the impact of Infinity War was so good, and it's like, it. hopefully the Rousseau brothers find some way to make that movie have meaning because if, it, if not, then it completely minimizes everything that happened in that fucking movie. Yeah, I wouldn't get your hopes up, man. Is the trailer going to just show three guys? Yeah. These are the only guys that survive. Wink, wink. 
That's why everyone being sad about Chris Evans and stuff leaving as Captain America and uh, that it's his last movie and everything. I'm like, who cares? They're not going to kill him off. Oh, he's I probably going to go off into the sunset riding like a horse or riding Bucky. I, I don't know. I can't wait till they do a Fantastic Four movie and integrate them into that. I'm like, See, what are they going to do? Going off what James is saying, like, why don't they have other characters in there like the Fantastic Four? That would be cool, Four. like a Fantastic yeah. Four show. Yeah. That would be a good or idea. Or an X-Men show. An Why don't you make those shows like and I, integrate I, them into it? I know they're finalizing the, the Fox deal, but it's pretty much in the bag. All right. So yeah. all they have to do is at least say, hey, I we say, casted somebody for the team. I want to say that's why they haven't announced the next phase of stuff either. It's because they they're waiting. Yeah. yeah they I think can. they have like one. It's gonna, one's going to be an X-Men, Fantastic Four kind of film. Yeah. And then I don't know. Maybe another Daredevil. And bring back Ben. Don't worry, guys. Everything's <laughs> going to be great now. OG Bullseye, too. As long as Colin Farrell can Colin, come back yeah. as any character, I'm not saying Bullseye, but I am saying. But I am Captain saying he's Boom- got a. Captain Boomerang for the DC. Well, I, I am saying he's got to surf a motorcycle. Yeah, if he's not surfing a motorcycle and jumping into a limousine and throwing out uh, two guns at someone, I don't want to see it, Nabil. That doesn't really matter because uh, the Venom universe is real. And oh, no, so I thought you were going to say real. Evanescence hasn't made a good album since that <laughs> one. I was going to be like, yes. That album was all right, but not as good. No, I mean, but, Venom looks like, Jesus. Uh, I mean, that's a whole other topic. It's better. It's than a whole other topic, but so. let's not open a can of worms. Uh, yeah, we can't. Don't even want to get into that. But regardless, don't know I about mean, that dumpster fire. It sounds like we're very weary of where this is going. Yeah. A year from now, we might be completely opposite. Like no, oh, these so great. I can't no, we might be like, what are you guys watching? Like, duh, hey, the you best know shows on TV. <laughs> I'd rather be proven wrong about this than proven right. Yes. I'd, I'd rather my disappointment turn around and turn into excitement than have it come to fruition with yeah. this. It's not no, that, no, me too. Yeah, me too. it's not that we want this to fail or we want them to come out with crappy ideas. We want them to to actually wow us like they have with their whole MCU. And right now with these announcements and with the decision making, I mean, obviously we're we're not behind doors with them and see what they have planned, but it's it's not it's all speculation, of course, but yeah. 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 All right, guys, let's move on to our movie review now of Ralph Breaks the Internet. Oh no, I'm freaking out hard. If I'm not a racer, what am I? Oh, you're my best friend. All we gotta do is find a part to fix your game. Everything goes back to the way it was. But where are we gonna find that? The internet! What? Housewives want to meet you. They do. Want to get rich playing video games? Slaughter race. It's wicked dangerous. Oh, yep, I'm out of that code. It was a one, but it was an O. Oh, nice kitty. Nice kitty. Attention to detail is pretty impressive. Well, well, well. Who are you? I think we should get out of here. Showtime. Let's race. So the IMDb description of this one, guys, is six years after the events of Wreck-It Ralph, which came out in 2012, so it's actually six years ago as well. Ralph and Vanellope, now friends, discover a Wi-Fi router in their arcade, leading them into a new adventure. Uh, This was directed by Phil Johnston and Rich Moore. Uh, Rich Moore did Zootopia back in 2016. Uh, This stars John C. Riley as Ralph, Sarah Silverman as Vanellope, Gal Gadot as Shank, and Taraji P. Henson as Yes. Yes. So uh, what did you guys think of this one? Start with uh, yay or nay with you, Marco. Uh, yay. I really liked it. I really enjoyed this movie, which is quite surprising 
because I was not impressed with the trailers. And I know we've mentioned many times that trailers don't always mean shit, but I I was excited about the first one when I saw the trailer. And with this one, I was just kind of like, I don't know. It looks kind of cheesy and like they went backwards. But I was actually uh, gleefully surprised. I thought the, the plot of the story was very well layered. There's a lot of depth. Um, there were a lot of uh, like social commentary and the, the the overall message of the movie could have gone in different ways as far as how to deal with relationships, whether it's friendships, uh, a, a relationship with a significant other, or even with a parent. I, th- I thought that the, the way that the message and the depth of it was so translucent like that was very interesting to me. And al- although there wasn't much of an antagonist in this movie. I thought that that was very different and in a way ballsy to, to have the character of Ralph in a way face off with himself and a challenge because that's often very hard to do. It's very hard to kind of look yourself in the mirror and kind of like face yourself and say, you know, I have an issue or I have, you know, something that I need to fix because, you know, we're all human. We're all flawed. In some way, and that's not always a bad thing. Sometimes it's it's an opportunity for us to improve ourselves. But overall, um, although it wasn't as funny in some aspects, especially around in the middle as the first one, I think that the overall story and message kind of uh, overpowers that, in my opinion. Uh, what about you, Nubo? I mean, I liked it. It was great. It wasn't. Um, it was different than the first film, as far as just kind of the jokes and everything. Um, even the plot, the first film, like like Mark was saying, like this plot is very much about relationships and how to manage that. And the first film was about, you know, finding friends and trying to, to be accepted for who you are kind of thing and accepting yeah. yourself. So different message as a whole and a different kind of plot. But I will say that the I laughed a lot. Um, I, I mostly around the social commentary, to be honest. Um, <laughs> but I thought it was very, very well done. How they you guys ever see the emoji movie? I did not. No. Good. Nobody should ever watch a movie. So that but movie I mean, is was was a lot of product placement because it's also said about going into the internet and, and yeah. social media and everything. They do such so much more of a better job in this movie about how they put in the products and the, everything's there for a, a reason. Like it all serves its purpose, um, and nothing's kind of overly placed in, in your face. It's just you know, except for the plot line with eBay, which is kind of like a big part of the movie. But yeah. with the exception <laughs> of that, uh, everything else was pretty much. <laughs> Um, what it needed to be, and so I really liked how they did that as well. But it was, uh, I liked it. It was good. Uh, it's a nay for me. I just, just it was not my cup of tea for this one. Yeah, it's not bad. It just, I think it's aimed at a younger crowd, and it's something that just didn't resonate with me as hard as like as well as the first movie. No, for instance, I I'm a huge uh, retro game fan, as you guys might know, and I really liked the aspect of the whole first movie solely revol- revolves around video games. Yeah, for God's sake, Wreck It Ralph is a a video Arcade game character, yeah. character from a video game. So is Vanellope. This one to turn around. I mean, I just I, I was talking to Marco about it earlier. I was trying to pinpoint why it just didn't work for me. And I think it's just something where I kind of think the whole internet thing is kind of just overblown nowadays. Like the um, social commentary on like the memes and like comments and all this Two stuff. Point. It's just yeah. like, man, I've already seen this before. And just I didn't think it just it didn't hit me as hard as I mean, yeah, cool message about like, hey, get over your insecurities. I mean, as Michael Jackson would say, look at the man in the mirror, right? So, man, it's a good song. Um, it's one of those things where I didn't laugh, I think, at all in this movie. Oh, wow. And uh, 
I think the pacing in the middle oh, man. slows JP- down quite a bit, and it's almost 20, 25 minutes too long. It is very much longer. It could have been an hour and a half. I don't know that, why it's an hour and 50-something minutes. That, that is one thing where I do agree where there are certain parts, especially in the middle where it, where it slows down. I don't. I think they could have sped things up there a little bit, and I I agree. It could have been at least 20 minutes shorter. Yeah. Um. I didn't find any of the new characters interesting at all. Outside of like the like you said, the guy that sells him the virus is fucking hilarious. That, yeah. I mean, that's the guy where I chuckled a little bit. You know what I mean, but I mean, Gal Gadot's character Shank and then Taraj really P. Hen- you know what? Truthfully, I'm kind of fucking tired of Taraj P. Henson. By the way, just that's to let you guys know, completely no. I'm just like in she she does a little too much for me, which I guess technically her character is right. Yeah, over the top. You know what? It's strangely enough, I actually like this character because I didn't know it was her playing it. Or voicing. Oh, really? Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I didn't know. And I think that kind of helped me enjoy the character a little bit more. Because I do, do think know. she's a little oversaturated. I didn't think her character brought anything to it. No. Like, okay. Yeah. So, she was just a helper. Yeah. I think she could have been the the eBay kid for all I knew. And that would have probably been funnier eBay to me. Boy. Yeah. Hey, you owe money to ours. I dozed off a couple times. It was a struggle oh, to get man. through this movie. Um, I don't know if 30 is coming at me pretty hard, <laughs> as I've been saying for the last three weeks, guys. Um, I told you. Once it hits you. I know. I was like, man, I can't go to the bathroom anymore. I have to go now it or it's going to be a once. mess. What um, about the, uh, the Disney scene? I thought that was That really was cool. Yeah. Really I mean, it was cool, especially up. near the... I mean, we'll go into spoilers on that one. Yeah. I won't say too much about it, but cool to bring back the voice actors, too. Mm-hmm. I that mean, that's really just awesome. like a movie standpoint. I, guess, I think I, I liked how self-aware it was, though, and how Disney even, in a, in a way, made fun of its own formulaic ways because it's yeah. one of the things that a lot of people bring up. But it's up. almost like you expect that from a Disney movie now. True, but right. I, the yeah. it, it was it, it was interesting Disney not to do that. Mm-hmm. It was interesting that they broke the formula for this movie and where they thought you were going to go one direction and completely take it in a different way. True. It was it may, may, the execution may not have been perfect, but I think that it, it works because the, the overall message, especially nowadays, I think it's something that's like you know it's very important. I thought it was a stronger message in the first one though. Overall, yeah. I mean, I watched the first one the night before too, and I forgot how much I really enjoyed that movie probably third or fourth time I've seen that one. And, you know, like Nabil was saying, it's about coming to terms with yourself and, like, learn... Like, you don't always have to settle for what you have. And it's something, like, you can go out, but it's also, like, loving yourself, too, in that one. Yeah. So, which I think is a stronger message. And I think... The the path of like Vanellope in this one kind of goes totally against what her character is going for in the first one. I agree. Which I didn't particularly like. Yeah. And also, I mean, I'll bring up something too later. But um, it's... I mean, yes... She goes six years of doing the game, but it just seems like a very strange character arc of hers to completely abandon everything she kind of stood for in the first movie. She worked so hard to make that happen. Yeah, and then she's kind like, of. fuck these guys. But yeah. but like I was I'm talking to James earlier today, how, like, it, I think it's it's more realistic that way because there are times in life where you work hard to achieve a certain goal, you get to it, and it's not really something you wanted, whether it be a job position or a certain career path or a certain major at a school or something. And it's not necessarily what you wanted. And you see there's something else that you were really grasping for. And I think it's, it's I more think realistic that way. It's, I, it's confusing, but I for think me in, then really with that, then I just, they did a shitty job of showing it. I think, yeah. I think they should have, she seems to take a left turn out of nowhere. And it's like, I want to stay here at a, uh, 
slaughterhouse slaughter place i don't think it was yeah i don't race i don't think it was explained well it's kind of like the fact that boom 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 right but from their perspective it's been it's been even in real life it's been six years true and and they've been she's so she's been doing the same thing for six years ralph had been doing the same thing like for years years, and years and years so yeah it it also kind of shows how you know like some like some friends are different and some relationships are are different as far as like you know friendships go like you're you may be aligned with like a certain group of friends or people and then all of a sudden there's a fork in the road and you guys split your ways you still keep in contact and it was sort of playing around that i mean i know people that i've that i used to kick it with like 15 20 years ago that i was so close with and now you know we just stay in touch through social media you know and that that sort of fork in the road that vanellope ran into sort of happens sometimes where she enjoyed you guys think it was kind of a uh, somewhat like lesbian kind of thing by the way um i kind of thought there was like a sub like oh, really? sub story maybe. level of her and uh shank kind of like being like kind of attracted thing. to her Possibly. Yeah, I went kind, there, guys. No, I noticed it. I was like, man, I think she really likes this. Like when they're having that one-on-one convo. Kind of. Like, I don't know if that was know. like an underlying tone or not. I'm being dead I mean, serious. No joke. I mean, it, I mean, it could be because at, at the same time, her relationship with Ralph could be a, a, a sort of, uh, I guess, an example of either a parent <laughs> relationship, a friend relationship, or it's like even, a friend. It's like a it's friendship, a friend. kind of right? Relationship. But but even still, like when. And I can bring this up later in the spoilers, but there are certain times where it seems kind of like a parent letting go of a child as well too. trust issues with a child where he's trying to where he says, I got to protect Vanellope from certain things. It's almost like a parent doing for the parental control thing and trying to watch what their child is doing. At the same time, it's also like a uh, like a, a lover or significant other trying, you know, to be over protective of your significant other as well. It could be interpreted. That's why I'm saying it's like very well layered. It, it could be interpreted in so many ways, just like her Vanellope talking to Shank, you know, could she be interpreted says, in many like different ways. I like to get wild with you. But uh, <laughs> just going off Shank though, that, real okay? quick, going off Shank, I think that's a character that could have been played by anybody and yeah, definitely did not need to be in here. Yeah. They're like, hey, let's pick a super hot chick to do this one. Yeah. Like, I almost forgot it was Gal Gadot. I just, I didn't care about that character at all. It was, I feel like, I mean, it would have made, okay, listen to this. This is my biggest issue here. I mean, we got to go with spoilers though. Hold on first. Let's just go into spoilers. Yeah, we're gonna jump into spoilers, yeah. guys. So if you don't, if you want to watch the rest of the movie, uh, just jump ahead so you can hear what we're talking about and yeah. uh, feedback and all that good stuff. Uh, so here's your spoilers. Stop listening to us. Okay, so my issue back from spoilers, by the way, sorry, is that I felt like she didn't fit into that game at all. No, it was also a terrible. If you're talking because it's for kids, it's like a super violent, almost Grand Theft Auto-esque game. That's exactly what it was supposed My to be. My girlfriend yeah, actually yeah. had an issue with that. She was like, why would they choose that? Why wouldn't it? It would have made more sense to me from a plot standpoint for her to find a game that's, I don't know, let's just say like a Mario Kart-esque game, but like with a thousand tracks and right. online play. That would have made more right. sense with a stronger character that would have pulled Vanellope away from that. I thought the whole Shang thing was really weak. Shank, yeah, the whole character of Shank just didn't need to be there. It could have been, like I said, it could have been anybody. But I think the vast difference of her world versus the online world, and it's also a message, that world is a message for, like, 
games like Fortnite or PUBG, like there there are young kids that play that, and that those games are violent as fuck. Whether Fortnite looks animated or not, it's still pretty violent. Yeah, and it, it's supposed to show you know the online gaming community what they want. They want unpredictability. They want that constant change which is why those games have been very popular and have been been selling even which though I, I don't always like those games i would have either. liked disney to not have gone that route then no, if they I want to be pre- pre- predictable and not follow the route they should have chosen something else that, well, that's why i don't think as much as i enjoyed the message and everything and what they showed in the movie i don't think it's going to age well because this so is all. because yeah, because those are those could be potentially niche markets we don't know where the gaming world is going to go me being like an old school gamer guy I could I could also kind of see Vanellope and Ralph separating ways as far as like an old school gamer versus a new gamer that enjoys those types of Fortnite. I thought it was going to focus more on the online gaming aspect of this. When this that's movie was first announced a couple years but, back, they well, had talked about how it's right. like, oh, they're doing online gaming now. But but all it is is a metaphor for for change and for drastic change at that too. Like I mean, it's about to, letting go too. Yeah, you know? coming to a point in her life, the way it was handled, I agree, it probably won't fit well with all audiences which is why it's like at 88 percent and not higher not at like a 90 95 high 90s too yeah, yeah but i i think it's it's a it's a risk to go that route and i'm glad they took it because it's again vastly different than many other disney cartoons and the messages that are very crisp and clear and straight lined this one is more to me at least in my opinion is more kind of realistic and more aligned with like real life because sometimes you just have to show that aspect of reality that certain changes aren't going to be as subtle or going to make as much sense. You know, one minute you feel like, you know, you, your life is leading you through one position and the next minute you're way far off right or way far off left. And it, it comes sometimes it comes sporadically like that. And I, I enjoyed that part of of the storytelling. And I think that's why I enjoyed Vanellope going from it's almost like. It's almost like in the first movie where nobody saw her as a racer, but she saw herself and believed herself to be a racer. It's it's almost like that aspect of the story, but exponentially larger and more drastically different. That's that's just the way the way I see it. I guess I just didn't see it that way. I thought I did a poor job of doing that. It could have been, yeah, it could have been done better. Like we talked about, it first could have been off, cleaned up better. It, it's aimed toward kids. Mm-hmm. If I want to see someone about change, I told you earlier, I was like, I'd rather just watch Lady Bird again. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you both right now that um, I watched it as as I do with all animated films through uh, rose colored lenses and I didn't catch any of that. I just like the social commentary <laughs> from that's the social we, media. That's but, why you're the third yeah, movie. When I watched it, <laughs> honestly, kidding. like I got I mean I got it. You know, definitely. No, I know, movie, dude. But we're, I mean, we're, we're really you know, way too fucking hard right now. Yeah, I'm I'm telling you right now. I thought the Disney stuff was funny. <laughs> I thought the virus. Bring it down thing, to me, Debil. Tell think, me what you really think. I think there's a plot hole. The virus. Uh, where the fuck happened to the virus after that shit? Because that still is out in the world. Oh, uh, I mean, knows? technically, it was cured because he mm-hmm. got over his insecurities. He's, but the actual virus is hanging around somewhere. So there's that. Um, no, I think he killed it with that. I think wait, he wait, duplicated yeah, he himself, it. and then yeah, that virus is out there. I mean, don't I mean, the, I mean, I think, I think also, I what you're saying, Bill, is the fact that they they made the virus out to be like super like spreadable and stuff right. like that, and it, it was. Just I mean, you could also bring up why do they do that in the last 20 minutes of the movie? Exactly. He doesn't that really break there. in there until Didn't quite late. Any of that. Um, but also, um, I think the only thing that really 
was a problem for me. Like, I mean, there's there's obviously glaring issues, but I think my biggest problem was the same thing with you, James. Just the slaughter racing just didn't seem like it fit, and it seemed really out of place for. I mean, I, I get what you're coming from, yeah. Marco, but really, like. It just I think it's a terrible like message for kids. You know, yeah. I just yeah. didn't think it was something that, like, I would have been fine with it being an online game. I was even fine with Slaughter Race. Like, oh, they're going to steal the cars in a very brutal game. Okay, I get the premise. But they stuck with it. She wanted to stay there. Yeah, a like, little too long, right? Yeah, I was like, they're really When they did the return her. to it in the second part, I was like, that's when the pacing for me, I was like, fuck. Yeah. And that's when I started dozing off. So, I mean, th- I just. The first one is going to hold up way better um, and has held up. Even rewatching it yeah, six years later, I'm like, okay, yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. Especially in 4K. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I like that this one took took risks. It didn't. Yeah. It followed the formula. Whether it, I mean, it wasn't as smooth. It was a little sloppy. Yeah, but uh, they at the same time they're they are a part of Disney, so they it's to a point they had to follow some sort of formula. But I I still think. That the well-layered message of it and the themes were were relevant to today, and even though like the, the internet tropes are getting kind of old, but I mean at the same time, like streaming memes, all that stuff, viral videos, they're still relevant. a big thing. Like, I mean, we, but I think it's maybe because we throughout see this it every last day. week, we've so, we've we've sent each other like viral stuff. Oh, yeah. But you know I think I mean? it's because we see it every day that I mean, yeah, but I, don't I think need to see it in my movies, I guess. Yeah, no, I, but I think it's cool to kind of like poke fun of ourselves sometimes and not take ourselves like you know it's it's fun to say that hey we do this and oh yeah you know i do that it's funny it's making fun of the fact that i do that but i was you know, like they're not fun. showing everything we do on the internet no yeah but i think it's well yeah. there was a dark web james is yeah. that where you get i was like is this where they buy the virus i was like is this where they buy the slaves is this where they buy the yay the yay yo but i just wish uh I think having a actual antagonist would have highly benefited this film. Ralph Ralph was his own antagonist. Yeah, yeah, so but I mean, you're enemy your own worst enemy. Enemy. I think the because even antagonist like, of the first one was Turbo. Because yeah. even and it comes I, off as a much better kind of a story about how if you don't kind of accept yourself, this is what can happen to you. And then in this one, it's like, well, if you don't have your insecurity, you'll become a giant. But in the end, if you don't deal with the issue, you'll never get dealt with. And there are much bigger consequences to deal with. And that's, I mean, that's what that whole giant Ralph represented. And of course, him facing himself and his own insecurities and fears and overcoming them and addressing them to becoming a better person. And I think it just shows that you can always improve because... It, it comes to show that the solution to the last movie, although it helped Ralph, it wasn't necessarily a true solution for him. He didn't really, he still had a core issue deep inside of well, him, I think which it, is that it, he was insecure. If anything, it, he did solve his issue in the first movie. He finds himself and starts to love himself, mm-hmm. but the, issue, the he just presents a new thing by having a friend. He never had a friend before. All right, so, just, so this is the result of having a friend for six years and suddenly that friend not wanting to hang out with you anymore. Or being being insecure about Truthfully, losing yeah. about change and losing stuff. Yeah, you know yeah. What I mean? which he yeah. never had before because he never had anything. It's always yeah. the same. And yeah. Even, they even so technically, I mean, he did solve his issue in the first movie. Yeah. He had friends. He accepted issue. himself as a bad guy, techn- quote unquote bad guy. He was still and very then, insecure about it though. So I don't. To, I mean, to at the end of the first one, point. he's not insecure at all. I think it's as a result of the six years that's happened. True, yeah, I can kind of see that. Yeah, because I mean, if anything, it's more Vanellope too that she's just yeah. It's also Vanellope. Wanting to do different things. Yeah. So Some, sometimes you're aligned with a certain person and then you both go your separate ways. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it definitely doesn't end on such a high note, I think, too, on this one. 
It's kind of like, well, I mean, I'll see you when I see you. And then I was like, damn, this is kind of a somber ending, but I I like that. What happens? I like that realistic Uh, ending. I mean, it doesn't always have to end that way, but I I totally understand. But uh, for me, like I said, didn't work. I probably will watch this maybe if the third movie comes out. That's about it. So, you know, so Marco loved this movie. Nabil was middle of the road. And I didn't think it was too good. So, hey, you got a little opinion to everyone on this one, guys. Uh, that is the end of our podcast, podcast number 36. Once again, everybody, thank you for listening. Thanks for the feedback. We got some uh, responses uh, quite a bit this last two weeks, actually. Thanks for that. Um, continue with that, guys. Continue sharing, listening, leaving reviews. Uh, Marco, can you let them know how they can reach us on social media? You guys can check us out on Facebook. Facebook.com slash MoviePalsPod or on Twitter at MoviePalsPod. And uh-oh, what's this? That's right. The Movie Pals have an Instagram now. Whoa. Oh, yeah. I forgot. Yeah. I actually forgot about this. Look at that. We're uh, moving up in the world, and uh, we're getting uh, quite a bit of feedback on our Instagram from most of the activity and that we've done the, on that. Uh, what's the handle but on you, that one? You can always, it's also at MoviePalsPod. Look Great. at that. Nice. We'll make it very easy for you guys, but... Check us out on either of those platforms. Give us feedback. Tell us what movies you'd like to see us review more, less. Give us suggestions. Send us love. Or not. No, I mean, it helps. Either way, we appreciate you. Thank you so much for supporting us as much as you do. We love you all. Yeah, definitely. And uh, tune in next time, guys, for our next podcast, podcast number 37. We will, I mean, another animated film, actually. Look at this. We're going to double up in a way. Uh, We'll be reviewing Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. So until then, this is James. And Marco. And Abil. Have a good one. I think it it definitely gives it the closure that it deserves. <laughs> I was like, is there, a, is there a montage of them fighting with Evanescence playing in the background? Because if not, oh, yeah. I'm not watching it, sir. About that Dude, that's what... Ev- <laughs> oh, my God. Bring me to life. If it's not playing, I'm not catching this one, sir. This is going to the bloopers, man. <laughs> Sorry. We haven't done one in a while. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking about it. <laughs>